weird how avalanche causes earthquakes that seem to just flood everyone's basements. Welcome to episode 6 of the Mutant Musings Evolution Podcast for the middle of March 2021. I'm Jonathan, and with me as always is my painting that doubles as a secret TV. Patty! Remember to leave us a comment on this episode's webpage on geekade.com. Leave us ratings and reviews on iTunes or anywhere else you find our podcast. Follow us on Instagram at mutant underscore musings underscore podcast and follow us on Twitter at mutant musings. I'm just going to go ahead and assume you all follow us on social media already. Assume. Hehe. <laughs> ass. You. Me. So this time I need to underscore how important it is for you to rate and review us. Think of it like rate my professor or rate my dick. Please let us know what you think of our podcast and what you think of all these dick jokes I write. Don't you love our girthy, throbbing podcast? So take a minute and give us a rating and review on your podcast app. Give our show a 10 out of 10 inches. And speaking of dick jokes, mutant musings may have evolved, but our language sure hasn't. Um, actually, dick jokes are the most evolved form of jokes. As always, we constantly use bad language and innuendo. Some things never change and some dicks never change. So if you're easily offended, this may not be the podcast for you. Pack your dick and go home. But if you like profanity laid on thick... Like a dick. Then there's your explicit content warning. How you doing, Patty? I'm doing all right. Yeah? Yeah. What's going on in the world of Patty? What's going on in Patty's world? I got, um, I got a PS5. That's exciting. Whoa! Wowie wow. You are a PSP, a PlayStation Patty. Yeah! PlayStation Nation, baby. <laughs> so how's the PlayStation 5 so far? It's great. It has a lot of accessibility options. And I, I've just been playing Assassin's Creed, so I, I don't know. But it's, uh, it's really good so far. I don't know if there's much of a difference in graphics between that and the PS4, but people <laughs> had the PS5, so I wanted it. So I got it. <laughs> I even watched like the side by side videos comparing the graphics and literally could not tell the difference. That's amazing. I'm really happy. I'm really happy to hear that. Let me tell you how happy I am to hear that. No, but I wanted it. It it reminds me of um I don't know if you'll get this reference because maybe you were too old, but Thanks, Patty. Um <laughs> that the how it looks and also like the little mascot that you get in Astro's Wonderland, which is, I guess, like kind of like marketing material for the PS5. It's like a free game that kind of just shows off how the controller works. It reminds me of um, Tom, who was the mascot of Toonami for like a second. And then he he like upgraded. He, he went away and then he came back and he upgraded. And then I think he also upgraded again, but I don't remember. Well, you are correct in one thing, Patty. I am too old to understand that. Okay. So thank you. Thank you for pointing that out in, adva- in advance. I'm so old when you said Tom, I thought you meant the mascot in my MySpace. Space. Yeah. Yeah. That's how old I am. Great. Now that we've got that out of the way, this is a riveting start to this episode. Yeah. Okay. So so now we're starting season two. Woo. And, and Disney Plus has episodes out of order from their air dates. Go Disney! Yeah. So we're talking about episodes, technically episodes one and three here. Only according only according to Disney+. Plus. Uh, according to Wikipedia and time itself, uh, we're talking about episodes one and two, and we skipped one. But yeah, I'm going by air date. 
Uh, I mean, I know that uh, apparently in, in seasons three and four of this show as well, they Disney Plus is airing things out of out of order according to their air date, and that they have done the same thing with X Men the animated series. Somebody on Twitter actually said that they aired some of the Dark Phoenix saga out of order. Like, how the fuck do you do that? And I'm like, yeah, seriously, how the fuck do you do that? <laughs> I'm going to just let the listeners just insert their own dialogue for me at Disney, just in general about everything. Yeah, I mean, what? Why? Um. So is that how you knew about this before we started watching it, that the episodes were out of order? Today? Before today, yeah. So what happened was, okay. like, last weekend... When I went to watch them myself and take down some notes about them, like I, I'm, I'm looking at the Wikipedia date. So, so I'm looking at it and I'm like, oh, okay. So growing pains and then power surge. And okay. So I'm like, that's what we're talking about next episode. So I'm going to watch them and I'm going to take my notes. And then I get on Disney plus and I see growing pains, then bada bing, bada boom, then power surge. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me, Disney? So, you know, then I, I did some Googling and I noticed some people are like, yep. Uh, X-Men Evolution seasons two, three, and four have episodes that are out of order of their air date. That's fantastic. So I'm just going to have to keep, you know, uh, keep an eye on it. That's that's all. All right. So so season two, episode one, Growing Pains. This one's about puberty. More like graying pains. Oh, wait. No, that's the next one. Damn it. <laughs> graying pains. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So this aired September 29th, 2001. So there's a soccer game. Soccer game, go Jean, go Jean soccer. Yeah. Jean Grey playing soccer. And uh, she scores. She scores a goal. And uh, the team wins. Jean's team wins. It's a Jean team. And Cyclops is like, yeah, Jean, go all the way. <laughs> Jean is going all the way tonight, guys. <laughs> yeah, Jean scored. She scored she tonight. Did score. She scored tonight because she went all the way. Yep. Right. <laughs> That's what we do in high school. We score by going all the way. Listen, according to sitcoms that I've watched, uh-huh. teenagers have sex. <laughs> Fuck. Oh, I have to send you a video later. Just remind me. Is it a sex video? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's porn. Yeah? You're going to send me porn? You're the sweetest, Patty. You know way to the man's heart is through his penis. <laughs> all, right, uh, all right. Anyway. Uh, so Scott's going to go congratulate her, and then Duncan cuts in. Cock blocked. Cuck. Scott blocked. Cucked. Oh, Patty, why? 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 You are, like, you are like five months late for that term being thrown all over the place. Now it's simp. Well, Everybody's... no, that's that's a different thing. Simp clops. <laughs> yeah, that works too. Yeah, it's not Scott Slim Summers. It's Scott Simp Summers. I don't know. By the time... By the time this airs, people will, have, will probably have moved on. You know what word I've been seeing? What slang I've been seeing lately? What? So apparently there's a slang word out there now, drip, that is like the new term for swag. Yeah, I heard that. Okay, do y'all know what drip is Is also another word for? I think it's gonorrhea, but if it's really? not gonorrhea, it's an STD. Yeah, the drip. That's what oh. they call it, the drip. And people are throwing drip around like, yo, the we just got a comment on Instagram a couple of hours ago about uh, Chambers costume. And someone was like, yo, the drip or something like that. I'm like, no, he does not have a sexually transmitted disease. <laughs> That's like being like, oh, he's got the clap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Like that that fake song. That, what what was the what was the group? It wasn't a real song by them. It's a the kids band. It's not the Wiggles. Band. The Wiggles. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, somebody made a fake song that sounded like them called The Clap. I got The Clap and I'm going to give it to you. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think, uh, I don't know if that was from 30 Rock because I know that they had like a Wiggles group on there that was clearly supposed to be the Wiggles. Okay. <laughs> all right. That went, uh, that went way, way off the rails. But anyway, all right. So uh, Duncan is going to drive Gene home. Sad. And so, yeah, Scott's driving uh, Kurt and Kitty. And he's clearly distracted. Uh, he pulls out of the way in time for, you know, this this fucking car chase. You know, somebody's driving real fast in his car. You got a whole bunch of cops chasing. And his car is about to fall off an overpass and land on this bus full of children. And Kurt wants to help. And Scott's like, there's too many news cameras. And so this is this is a great setup, by the way. I mean, it seems silly, like the situation was kind of silly, but it was a great setup to this episode. I really fucking loved this episode and really appreciated what it put out there. But anyway, Kurt actually does teleport. We assume nobody sees him. He teleports, he gets the driver, who's obviously a criminal, the cops are after him, and gets the driver out of the car before it falls. And the car does fall, and it's going to hit the bus full of children when Scott blasts the car away. He knocks it out of the way of falling on the bus. All the kids get out. Kitty phases them away. News cameras come in. And, you know, the fucking, the, the students get away in time. So, so fine. But then, so, and this was a quick, nice little cutaway. We see a whole lot of new characters, right? So for season one, we've only got a handful of students at the Institute. And now there's a whole lot more. Yay. This was a fun sequence. I enjoyed this. Yeah, we got Wolfspin. We got Roberto. We got Cannonball, Iceman, Magma. Yes. And Friends. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Magma and Friends. That's, that's what the New Mutants... That's what the New Mutants were almost called, by the way. You don't, you I don't couldn't know. tell who all of them were because they weren't using their powers. Claremont wanted to call them Magma and Friends. <laughs> But, you know, the editors said it was too edgy. Magma isn't even in the first issue. We can't do it. We can't do it, Chris. We can't do it. Um, (laughs) But, yeah. Yeah, no, you're right. And Friends. But there was also, uh, there was Berserker. There was Jubilee. And, yeah, and and it was cute because Boom Boom was there. And she throws a little time bomb at a few of them. And they all start throwing their powers at each other. And (laughs) Logan and Xavier are watching from the window. And Logan's like, Oh, we're going to need more instructors, Charles. Maybe some tanks. <laughs> I thought that was cute. But anyway, so we get back to the plot. Storm bursts into the room. Like, you have to see what's on the news. So I thought this was funny. It was really quick. It was really quick, right? But but Xavier has a painting in his room. And Storm pushes the button on the remote. And the, the painting, like, lifts up to show... A TV screen. So Xavier, for some reason, has this painting that doubles as a secret television that gets the news. So (laughs) so Xavier Xavier gets local news on this television he's trying to keep secret. (laughs) Why does the television need to be secret? I don't know, Patty. I I don't know. That's like... That's like something that they did in like, I don't know, 70s cartoons or something. Like, you're allowed to have technology. People aren't going to be like, a witch... <laughs> He's got a television in his office. Burn him. 
Like, <laughs> cell phones are a thing at this point. <laughs> My mom had a cell phone. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, so anyway, so the, the news shows the mysterious red blast. And of course, everybody knows that it's that it's Scott. And so Xavier has to have a talk with him. That's two demerits, Scott. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and so so here's the thing. So Xavier doesn't berate Scott. I feel like in the comics he would have. But in the show, like, they they want Xavier to be believably good. <laughs> but Scott's upset. He, and, and this is perfect. He's like, he's like, I hesitated because I was worried people would see. And, like, stop and think about that for a second. Lives were in danger. Like, those children in that bus, and probably the bus driver, all could have died if Scott hadn't done that. Like, he literally just saved lives. And he's upset with himself that he hesitated because he has this drilled into his head from Xavier that they need to remain ano- anonymous. That they need that, that they need to remain anonymous. Scott is like, we're, it's like we're hiding in shame. And Xavier's like, many people aren't ready to embrace the fact that mutants walk the earth. And Scott, Scott just walks away with, I don't know, Professor, I'm having a hard time with this one. And I'm just like, agreed. Like, of course, of course. Like, I'm sorry, Cyclops was right. Hashtag Cyclops was right, y'all. Like, he's in the right on this one. And I think it should be up to the kids to decide whether they want to come out or not. Yeah. So it's just, you know, like the metaphor is kind of like obvious here, I think. Yeah. Oh, my God. Everything, every problem that the X-Men have had to deal with is about being gay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, or trans, you know, honestly. Yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, like, like it, 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 this, it works, absolutely works for this, too. Because, you know, I mean, they, they are walking around and, and they're trying to, they're pr- like putting on this facade that they're one thing when they're really not, just so they can be accepted, just because that's the societal norm, um, just so people don't look at them differently or so they're not persecuted. And so here's the thing. What, what I think is super interesting about Xavier's point of view, though, is that he said now towards the end of last season, and obviously it's coming back now, that's why we're talking about it, that people may not be ready. Uh, to embrace the fact that mutants walk the earth. Bro, how the fuck do we know that? Now, now listen, like, we know that. Like, okay? <laughs> like, really? <laughs> like, okay, yeah, man, we, we know that. But at the same time, like, has Xavier ever brought this idea to anybody? Like, are there any humans who he's told about this? Like, we don't know about any of that. We don't know about his history. We know he has some history with Magneto. But what kind of conversations did they have with people? Like, what's the plan other than just... Let me keep these fucking teenagers who are at, like are at the most vulnerable time in their lives. Let me keep them hidden the fuck away and explicitly tell them to try to be something that they're not. Like I want I want to see that conversation. I want to see what his plans are and we don't have any of that yet. And I also I get it. It's a show that like in 20 minutes you got to tell this entire fucking story. But I feel like it's it's a narrative that is potentially long enough for them to to have this theme come back over the course of multiple episodes and build on it. And I don't feel like they do at all. Like like Patty, like spoilers, like we for our summer series, we've watched episodes. We already know that people are going to find out about mutants, Um, but they don't have this, you know, they don't come up with this plan. You know, where's Xavier's plan other than just keep him closeted? You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I get it. But at the same time, like, 
I kind of understand where he's coming from to an extent because, I mean, if he has any history with Magneto, he knows the extent to which hatred can go. Well, that, that listen, that is a really excellent point. But, and, and also, and, and also to your point, we also know that Xavier and Magneto don't quite see eye to eye. So it's not like the two of them are going to come together to make some sort of a plan together to bring, bring their existence to humanity. And so I get that. So Xavier isn't in, you know, the best position, but he does have support. I mean, he's got Storm, he's got Logan, he's got others out there. He's got these kids. And I mean, like these kids are proof, you know what I mean? Like they're going to school. They're, they're acclimating. Like it sucks that they, that they are like closeted literally, but they are just like other fucking teenagers and they're doing just fine. They're like, they're doing just fucking fine. And I feel like they would be doing even better if they could be like, yeah, this is who I really am. So I know I'm probably rambling on way too long about this, but it just, it stirs up like this one episode stirs up so many thoughts. This conversation between Scott and Xavier just stirred up a lot of thoughts. And so I just rambled a bunch of them out. So there you go. And I was thinking too, because these episodes showed the, you know, love triangle between, um, you know, Gene and Scott and Duncan. And I was wondering during these episodes, like, huh, I wonder if Duncan would even be fighting after her if he knew that she was a mutant. I mean, she's like a, you know, conventionally attractive one. Her mutant ability doesn't like make her ugly. (laughs) So. Okay. It's not a physical mutation. Yes. That's, I couldn't think of the right way to say it. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Okay. (laughs) No, you're right. You're you're right. And she could she could probably uh give him like a mind prostate massage, telepathic Holy prostate shit. massage. Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> wow, you know what? I never thought about that. No, no, you're thinking about it with Emma. Well, no, I was thinking about it with Gene, but <laughs> now I'm thinking about it with both Gene and Emma. <laughs> Just uh yeah. Yeah, that's nuts. Uh, or telekinetically. Oh, I yeah, mean, that's what I meant, telekinetically. No, te- it works telepathically. It just fucking, you know, sensors in the brain or whatever. And then telekinetically. Oof. Jesus Christ. How come I never fucking thought about that before? God. All right, so, so, uh, oh, so, so we got a new principal. We, we got a new principal. Yes, because Mystique is not here anymore. Yeah, Mystique's gone. So we're back, we're, we're in the gym. Yeah, it's a pep rally. And it was really cute. Scott stands up and waves for, for Gene to sit by him. And of course, Duncan stands up right in front of him. And so fucking Gene sits down by Duncan. Brotherhood's there. And so now we're coming back to uh, the whole Lance and Kitty dynamic. Pietro calls out Lance for having a thing for Kitty. And so Lance goes to walk over to Kitty. Uh, and we see Rogue walk by. And there's this British girl named Risty Wild. Kind of quite a fucking name and so so you know risty calls rogue over and the two sit together and they're and they're talking well rogue had to sit by her because she's goth that's true risty is goth and she's like oh new goth girl yeah so lance pushes some dude out of the way so we can sit by kitty so we we're introduced to the new principal edward kelly Hmm. Any relation? So Lance decides to try and show off to impress Kitty and makes a little earthquake. And then Principal Kelly falls down and Kitty giggles. Uh, so then Lance goes overboard and uh, the scoreboard almost falls down on, on Principal Kelly. 
And, you know, Gene saves the day, but pushing it aside. Maybe in the long run, not a great decision. We shall see. <laughs> what, saving him? Yes. <laughs> Listen, sorry. Anybody, if you're a mutant and anybody has the last name Kelly, you take him out while you got a chance. All right, listen, my apologies to anybody listening to us with the last name Kelly. I'm very sorry. <laughs> very sorry. We don't wish murder on you. But so here's the thing. So so after school, uh, Lance is trying to get Kitty to come uh, take a ride with them. He's still fucking grabbing her wrist. I'm like, like come on, man. Like, I thought, I thought we were past this. Like, if we really want to fucking develop this little cute romance angle don't fucking grab the risk man like she's a piece of property like god stop stop writing things this way writers god yeah i mean the the way that he was acting it was like oh well she's obviously just going to keep turning him down and he's just like keep trying and it's really stupid and gross but then we see later that she like has the possibility to like him yeah what? Then why were you showing him like this? Yeah. Yeah, no, exactly. It's like, you know, I don't I don't know what the writers were thinking, how they were trying to develop this as like, oh, maybe she does think that he's cute, but we need to still show that he's a bad boy because he's on the bad team. But so Scott goes to, to help her and he's getting mad. And you can see the beams like ready to fucking come out. He's about to blast Lance. Oh, yeah. um i don't know i think i think yeah one of them said something about getting it on (laughs) but kitty stopped him you know because it's in front of people um and so this gives lance a shitty idea because lance is tired of hiding powers and so he wants the brotherhood to go public so yeah this is what's gonna happen so now we're at the fucking soccer game they they uh they unveil the school mascot the bayville hawk and then some fire comes comes up off of it. So it's literally a fucking fiery bird. Fire bird. I thought I thought that was amazing. It's literally fire and life incarnate. Their yeah. mascot. Yes. I, I really appreciated that nod. I also appreciated the nod to the university that both you and I attended. Oh yes, the Red Hawks. Yeah, yeah. That $200,000 hawk statue that the university invested in. So unveiling this thing reminded me of that, (laughs) honestly. I didn't even think of that. Yeah. So Lance grabs the announcer's mic and announces that they're mutants. And then he outs Scott and Gene and the Institute. And he causes a fissure to break open on the field. Quicksilver attacks a principal. And, you know, like all the fucking students are there because they're there to support Gene. Xavier's even there because he wants to watch. And so uh, Scott's like, sorry, Professor, we got to take care of this. And then they all meet the Brotherhood on the field. And so everybody starts fighting. It's funny, Rogue takes off her glove and is like, I'm about to feel really big and stupid, if you know what I mean. And so she goes and grabs the blob. And I thought that that was funny. And of course, so like the X-Men win. But then like all the human students are there. They saw everything. They know everything. They're all weirded the fuck out. Storm is showing up at this time and Xavier's like, like, I'm gonna alter their memories. And Storm Storm doubts that he can do it. Um, Xavier's like, I really have no choice. No, yeah, it looks like all of the kids, like, on the field and whatever, were running away from, like, Gene and Scott and all of them. 
Yeah. I mean, that's got to feel kind of shitty. People who you thought were your friend, like the soccer team people were like looking at Jean like she was like disgusting. Yeah. That must feel real bad, bro. Yeah. So, I mean, ultimately just about everything works out, right? So uh, Kitty phases through the TV camera. So it shorts out and then grabs the tape and like ruins the tape. Xavier, uh, we think mind wipes everyone. Uh, I think it was when they were back at the Institute, Logan said something about there being a weird magnetic interference that knocked the footage from the airwaves so it didn't go live. So obviously Magneto is still out there and I guess, you know, agrees that maybe it wasn't time for it to happen or or happen that way. But Xavier isn't sure he finished the job erasing all of the memories from Principal Kelly. And we get the shot of Principal Kelly at the end, kind of like staring out the window like, oh, shit. What I unfortunately did not like was Scott apologizing at the end that the world isn't ready to learn about us. Because, bro, it also, it depends on, in my opinion, like, the that first impression uh, could have made the difference. And I'm saying this, maybe talking out of my ass, because I haven't had to go through coming out in my life. You know what I mean? So what do I know? But I do think about it like this. Look at the way in which this happened. It happened with an attack, you know? You had a few kids fucking, like, attack a bunch of other kids, attack a bunch of fucking teenagers, trying to play a soccer game, attack a school. But that's that's the first impression. It isn't like coming together in front of, like, a group to, like, address the school in, like, an auditorium or at a rally or something or on the news just saying, hey, yes, we're mutants. This is what this means. This is who we are. This is what we're like. It was a fucking, it was violence. That was the first impression. So I did not like how Scott's lesson in the end was, yep, Xavier, right, we need to remain in the closet. Does that make sense? Yeah. Also, I don't know, I just thought of this. You remember a few episodes ago when they found out that Mystique was their principal and that uh, Xavier was hiding that that fact from them? Yeah. And they were really mad? And uh, it kind of made me think, like, from the human's point of view for this episode. So say there are people out there, not the X-Men, but people like the Brotherhood who can make avalanches happen and are, like, unstoppable or can catch flies. (laughs) Like... (laughs) You know, there are... No, some, no, Patty, not the flies, no. <laughs> there are, you know, some real dangerous people out there who either want to hurt you or would not care if you were a casualty. Yeah. And I feel like it's a, a similar threat to what Mystique posed when she was pretending to be a principal. Yeah. Well, I mean, Xavier is really good at hiding shit from people, isn't he? Um <laughs> Because he's making the decision for them. Like, if the students had a say in it, you know, then, okay, then, yeah, great. Maybe, then humans would know, you know? Okay, hey, listen, this is what we are. And there are some bad mutants, too. But it it doesn't matter, because Xavier is is just wants to hide things from people. But yeah, I mean, altogether, I, I, I like this episode for, again, the, the metaphor that it brought up, the, dis- the discussions that took place. Although, obviously, I don't like <laughs> Xavier's stance. And I don't like the the quote unquote lesson that Scott learned in the end, but it's just you know again it's it's really interesting to think about because you know these are these are kids they're all fucking well, most of them they're they're teenagers they're already going through a fucking difficult time 
So, so yeah, this episode is really interesting, but I don't, I don't like the takeaway. No, I, I, I agree for the most part. I mean, um, I feel like, like I said, we, we talked about this to an extent before. I don't remember when recently about yeah. one of these episodes, but yeah, no, I, I do think that it should be up to the students to decide whether or not they want to come out. Uh, I think that it was really fucked up for Avalanche to try to out everybody. And like, especially considering the analogy, which I just constantly have in my head. I don't like that Scott apologized. I don't think that that was a lesson to take away from things. <laughs> it was weird. I mean, like, so far it seems like it's just like the X-Men versus the Brotherhood or them just experiencing shenanigans together. So I feel like maybe that's enough for now. That there are people who know that they're mutants and they can be open with, even if they're, like, fighting. (laughs) Like, they still have uh, their own respective teams to go to at the end of the day, so... You do make a good good point, though, about how they do have their own, like, respective groups that, like, okay, like, you know, being closeted or feeling the need to be closeted isn't a good thing, but... There, there, there's a small amount of them, and they do have their own respective groups, and so that's a thing that we have seen, not so much with the Brotherhood, but with the X Men. You know, they're supportive of each other, and I think that that's and and that's one thing that you know, just because I'm I may not fit into the metaphor of um, homosexual or transsexual, doesn't mean I don't I don't understand uh, the importance of a support group for people who have differences because I do understand that. And so that's what, that's what we see with the Institute. You know, they're so supportive of each other. We, we talked about, you know, how, you know, Kurt trying to adjust, you know, to finding out that like his mom is mystique, but he still doesn't know the complete truth. But at the end of that episode, he just got nothing but support from rogue. You know, they were there for each other. And that's what we see in these episodes with like, Scott and Jean, they're there for each other. Um, and I think that, like, I, I feel like I still disagree with Xavier's reasoning and his choices, but I do like how they have their own, you know, their own group um, that they can count on, if that makes sense. No, that's that's exactly what I was getting at. Uh, all right, so do you feel really big and stupid? Don't act like you don't know what I mean. Were you hoping to see Scott and Lance get it on in public? You know exactly what I mean. Don't go wild, folks. We'll be right back after the commercial break. You know, I bet that that goth girl is Mystique. I'm calling it. The heck you say? Gosh, the internet sure is a scary and confusing place for a geek like me. I sure wish there was just one website for all of my geeky interests. Fear not, young woman, for I am here to help. Well, former vice president and creator of the internet, Al Gore. I'm Patty. Nice to meet you. Correction, young Patty woman. I am A.I. Gore. While Al Gore's physical form will one day perish, A.I. Gore is forever. How may I assist you in navigating my creator's invention? Gosh, A.I. Gore. I love comic books, video games, movies, and anime. I just wish there was one website with content about all those topics. Working, working. Young Patty Woman, I have found this website, geekade.com. 
It would seem that Geekade.com contains articles and podcasts about all of your interests and much, much more. Wow, AI Gore, you're right. There's also sections of Geekade.com for horror, wrestling, and music. Correct, young patty woman. And Geekade.com even has YouTube and Twitch channels. Wow, AI Gore is feeling the human emotion of love, or at least it's an artificial approximate equivalent for Geekade.com. Holy moly! Geekade.com has tons of content for all of my interests. Thanks, AI Gore. You're an okay potote. Human listeners of the world, check out Geekade.com on Creator's Internet Invention today. Alright, so, the next episode we're talking about, Season 2, Episode 2, Power Surge. Yeah. This one doesn't have Surge in it yet, though. No No. Surge here. Surge didn't exist at this time. October October 2001? Damn, this was pre-Surge era. But Surge Drink did. Yeah. My mom never (laughs) let me have any. (laughs) Aww. I'll get you some. I think my heart would explode. Okay, never mind. Then let's not do that. (laughs) Let's not do that. Uh, So guess who got MVP for soccer? Gene. Gene is my MVP. Yeah? Yes. Uh, yeah, no, but this was so adorable because she's so happy. They have like the close up on her face, you know, she's just so cute, so happy. Uh, but not everybody is happy for her. Rogue is annoyed. Uh, yes. And is thinking to herself, perfect Jean has enough people gushing over her. So, so Jean's up on stage, like accepting the little fucking trophy. And, but she's suddenly hearing everybody's thoughts and she freezes up. And so she's standing up there. And, like, you know, she's listening to what everybody's saying in their heads. And everybody's, like, looking at her like, what the fuck? And and it's it's sad. It's really sad. Because then she falls backward. The trophy falls. The head breaks off. And then once things start to calm and Jean's calmer, you know, she picks up the piece of the head and the trophy. And it's like, lost my head there for a sec. And everyone chuckles. And it's cute. Aw. That's our Jean. Scott confronts Jean about what happened. And she brushes it off. And, you know, Gene changes the subject and asks him about coming to Duncan's party. And Scott's like, Duncan's party? What? Somebody didn't get invited to Duncan's party, Patty. What? Who? Scott didn't get invited. I wouldn't invite Scott to my party. Patty, oh, man. Really? Yeah. Would you, Patty, would you invite me to your party? Yeah. Can I bring Scott as my plus one? No. Oh, Patty, <laughs> why? <laughs> But Scott can check your chlorine level. <laughs> okay, Scott can come as long as I can throw him in the pool. <laughs> All right, so anyway, we get more of this blossoming romance. This weird fucking romance between Lance and Kitty. And now she's like, okay, with letting him walk her to chemistry. Which I thought was really weird. If I had the experiences that she did with him, uh-uh. Yeah, no, agreed. You would think, you would think that... One of her friends would maybe be like, hey, this guy is an asshole. Why don't you stay away from him? But thankfully, at least in this episode, they seem to be gearing him away from being angry, shitty, and wrist grabby and trying to be nice. I'm not saying that's okay. Hey, if if an abusive person who has shown you to be an abusive person before suddenly starts acting nice, you should trust them. What I'm saying is I'm glad that in, in this fictional show, at least that they're, they seem to now be steering him away from that. I don't yes. remember if, I don't remember if it stays that way. 
but it was better this episode. Because they do sit in chemistry together. Kitty asks Lance if he's ever made a stink bomb. And he says, Blob makes them all the time in his sleep, if you know what I mean. Uh, and Kitty giggles, you know, and it's cute. And then there is a, a teacher we haven't met before. His name is Mr. McCoy. Oh, I wonder who he is. He is the real McCoy. What? <laughs> Will the real McCoy please stand up? Yep, that's an Eminem song. we cut back to the mansion and scott is rushing he is running down the hallway almost slams into kitty he's running down the stairs uh sam and rain run up the stairs and scott bumps himself down the stairs Iceman is right by scott's convertible scott runs out the door slips on the ice and he's a rush to get to uh to duncan's and so they cut into duncan's huge house by the way because, of course, he's a fucking rich kid. He's thrown around the, the soccer ball, and it gets tossed out the window. And Scott parks the convertible, gets out. His back is turned. The soccer ball hits Scott in the head. <laughs> that was amazing. I felt so bad. He looks like he's, he's being attacked. He's holding his, his shades, and he looks around real quick like somebody just attacked him. <laughs> I felt so bad for him. He's so cute. Yeah, and so so inside, Rogue made a new friend. Rogue is still with Risty, and so the two of them are hanging out. And, you know, Rogue sees Scott show up, and then Rogue wants to leave. And Risty's like, Rogue, you have a thing for Scott Summers, which, yeah. Obviously. Yeah, I mean, that's that's been pretty obvious, you know, since relatively early last season. But, like, you can you can tell, like, Rogue... You know, having this animosity towards Gene, it comes from a place of jealousy because, like, it's obvious Scott has a thing for Gene and Rogue has a thing for Scott. So, of course, Rogue is not going to like Gene too much. But then, all of a sudden, Duncan and Scott are playing a really angry game of ping pong. I have never seen ping pong played as angrily in my life, in real life, as I have in this fucking cartoon. Duncan and <laughs> Scott are going nuts. And Gene... Uh, says something about care for any hors d'oeuvres. How about care for any macho cheese dip? That's hilarious. Yes, that was a good zinger, Gene. Your girl made a great joke. I know. I love her. But I'm not crazy about her on this show. Uh, she she just feels too basic. Like, she didn't get a personality. But she's so good. I know. That's not a personality. Yes, it is, Patty. No, it's not. Listen, okay... Lance, he has a personality. You know what his personality is? It's being a bad boy. <laughs> so if being a bad boy can be a personality, then being a good young lady can be a personality. Don't be sexist. <laughs> so it's the game's getting really intense. The ping pong ball like bounces off somebody's head. Jean telekinetically stops it. Obviously, nobody realizes it. She grabs the ball. Um, but then she starts hearing everyone's thoughts again. Uh, as she's yelling at Duncan. In the meantime, Scott went outside on the balcony. And once Jean starts hearing every- everyone's voices, she runs out on the balcony too and is surprised by Scott because she had her eyes closed. She didn't see him. So he startles her and she telekinetically knocks him off the fucking balcony <laughs> uh, and manages to stop him just before he hits the water. So he was in no like real danger. You know, it wasn't like he was going to hit the ground, but he almost hits the water unfortunately then duncan comes out and breaks gene's concentration so scott falls right into the water (laughs) duncan 
runs over and looks over the balcony. He's like, Summers, what are you doing? And Scott's in the pool, like, checking your chlorine level. I thought that was so funny. Patty, he's so good. That was such a good line, honestly. Even when he's getting dunked on, he's a good boy. Ah, dunked. Dunked by Duncan. (laughs) I thought that this this was silly, though. Like, I get that they're developing this relationship between Rogue and, and Risty. Um, you know, Rogue's got a friend who is... Goth. Goth like her. Right, yeah. And uh, and that's great, but it was kind of dumb for Rogue to bring Risty into the Institute for a tour without letting anybody know. Like, this is one thing that I, I have to agree with. Everybody, especially Xavier, was upset. Visits need to be scheduled. Because, you know, Risty almost catches Kurt without the inducer on. Kitty walks right through a wall and Risty's like, where did she come from? This is when everybody comes home from the party and they're, you know, the kids are trying to talk about what's been wrong with Jean. And so Xavier wants wants to meet with her uh, about her powers. You know, she's having problems controlling her powers and Jean keeps trying to make excuses. Xavier's like, you know, your powers are growing and Jean thinks that she can handle it. Did did he put a psychic block on her in the in this show? As far as I know, from what I remember, I don't think he did. So anyway, so Scott and Duncan are still being all competitive during phys ed. Duncan elbows Scott while they're doing uh while they're running, and he loses his shades. Hank tells Duncan that he's off the team. He's also the PE coach as well as a chemistry teacher, and he gets he gets his shades and puts them on Scott. And it seems like he knows something is going on. Uh, but we don't we don't really know the deal with Hank McCoy yet. But whoops, Jean is losing her shit again. She launches a javelin. Lance manages to save a bunch of the girls that are at the starting line uh, to fall out of the way before it just fucking murders all of them. Uh, Jean launches a bunch of shot puts. Uh, Hank catches a couple. Uh, Scott blasts one from hitting Duncan in the back of the head, and it goes right through Kelly's window. And and I feel like so bad for Jean just yelling how she can't control it. She's so sad and in such a distress that her powers literally are going out of control. And so the kids manage the kids manage to get her back to the Institute and they get her in the med lab and Jean starts flinging shit all around the room as Xavier's trying to get in her head and Logan gets Scott out of there. And this was really reminiscent of X-Men 3, if you remember. Yeah, I thought the same thing. After um, Scott visited the fucking lake and Jean, Jean killed him, Logan and Storm found her at the lake and got her body back to the mansion. And then fucking Jean wakes up and telekinetically takes Logan's belt off. And Logan, like, knows something is wrong. Uh, but then she starts flipping out. You see this dark side of her and she, like, slams the fucking uh, the door off and ruins a bunch of shit. It really reminded me of that. And so, yeah, maybe they took their cues from this show. I don't know. She starts fucking levitating, and Xavier is telling everyone, like, her powers are evolving too rapidly for her control, and so Rogue comes up with this plan to skim some of her powers. Xavier thinks that it'd be good if she had something to focus on, and so Scott's like, My dick. (laughs) Yep, that's what Scott said. I want her to focus on my dick. Everyone stand back. I'm going to take my penis out. (laughs) Like, this was rough, though, right? So they managed to get Rogue close enough so she can make some contact with Jean. And then Rogue falls back down to the ground, regroups where, like, Scott and Xavier are. And so Jean is, like, talking through Rogue, 
and Scott is talking to Gene through Rogue. So he's looking at Rogue as he says, I know you better than anyone ever has or ever will. I'm like, damn, this must be fucking heartbreaking for this little Mississippi girl. You know? Like, aw. Yeah, no, it was, It. I, I felt that. It was hard. I'm sure it must have been very painful for her. Poor Rogue. Also, it's a weird thing to say. Like, I get, um, maybe this is just me. And like, y'all know that I love Scott Summers, no matter what universe, unconditionally. Like, I know you better than anyone ever has great or ever will yeah i thought that that sounded very abusive not control like manipulative yeah it's like something that joe would say from you the show you oh okay all right yeah yeah all right i I can see that so like that line works and gene calms down she falls everything stops and scott goes to talk to rogue about it and is like really thankful for what she did rogue tries to downplay it a little bit Rogue is like, listen, she and I are are like worlds apart, galaxies. But I, I, I did it because Jean would do the same for me. As sad as this was for Rogue, that that, that is true. What's funny, a little, next, is uh, Scott sees Jean is outside and walks out there. He's got roses, and they're from Duncan. He's yeah. like, yeah, they came with a note from Duncan. <laughs> and the note's crumpled. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was, uh, yeah, okay. Like, well, it, he should that... have gotten her his own roses when he saw that Duncan got her roses. He should have gotten a bigger bouquet. That's how you do the dick measuring contest. Okay, uh, I'm noting. <laughs> I'm taking taking notes on that. Thank you. What? Wait, what do you what? mean? Uh, <laughs> oh, but apparently Gene doesn't remember anything. And Scott's like, yeah, that's that's probably, you know, for the best. You wouldn't want to whatever. And Gene is like, yeah, Scott... You know me better than anyone ever has or ever will. And then scene. I had mixed feelings about this uh, this episode. On one hand, I thought it was an interesting way to touch on Jean's powers evolving mm-hmm. without the Phoenix Force. So, you know, you think about like a, a young person, a young mutant, the emergence of their powers during puberty um, and this this sort of power that Jean has, the potential power she has, just exploding and she doesn't know how to control it. Like, okay, I I, I dig that. I do. This was, you know, this was kind of cool. Um, it stunk uh, to see Jean in so much pain for so much of this. And also initially, like, not wanting any help. Like, listen, you're there for help. You're smart. Like, you... I'm just thinking that maybe she was embarrassed because she's supposed to be like this perfect goody-goody two-shoes type of girl. And she's got this thing now that she can't control and she thought she was better than that and stuff like that. I don't know. That's actually an amazing point. I didn't think of that. That's, That's amazing. Because like I honestly like, okay... I cannot draw too many comparisons between myself and X-Men Evolution Jean Grey, but I will say I will say this. When I was a college student, I was a fucking perfectionist. Mm-hmm. If I got a B plus on something, I hated it. I was mad and I beat myself the fuck up about it um, because I was used to working my ass off and getting good grades. And I, I, I get exactly what you're saying. That's how Jean is. She, she works to be good at the things that she does. And so now all of a sudden here comes something that she can't 
just control. No, I don't need help. I'm Jean Grey. I can get control of it. That's amazing. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. But also, you know, that that does show some, you know, humanity, some character to Jean. You know what I mean? I think that's really interesting. Okay, well, maybe it does, but I don't care about that character. (laughs) Oh, that's messed up. You just agreed that that was me, Patty. (laughs) Ah, well, ah. But, uh, no, but that, that's, that's a really good point. Um, but I, and uh, anyway, you know, I mean, I, I appreciated, I appreciated this, um, take on the emergence of Gene being OP. Well, anyway, um, what did you think about this episode? Um, I thought it was good. I mean, at this point it wasn't, but like in 2001, the Phoenix thing wasn't like super, not overkill, like, like overdone. Yeah. At this point, it is, and anytime they mention anything about Phoenix coming back or whatever, and I'm like, just fucking stop. Like, <laughs> the original story was enough that was fine. You don't need to keep revisiting it. Yeah. And so even though that wasn't a problem at this time, I'm glad that they didn't include that, at least yet, and they just had that little, like, Phoenix imagery. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the mascot on fire. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, in 2021, the Phoenix thing taking over Gene is just like, okay, can you tell us something new? It's like, you know, when they keep doing the Archangel thing over and over, like, can you get a new plot line, please? No, it was it was interesting to see it in a new light, and maybe when she gets more powerful, she'll get, like, more interesting, I guess? <laughs> I don't know. I don't want to, like, dunk on my girl, but, like, I don't like her in any of the shows I've seen her in. That's crazy to me. That is just real crazy. Because you already know that it doesn't get better in Wolverine and the X-Men, the show after this one. It doesn't. Yeah, I know. She's She's not even there. (laughs) At least not until later on in the show. That's, yeah, that's, that's crazy. Yeah, I'm sorry to hear that. Uh, I mean, I don't think she's she's perfect, and I don't mean that as as a pun because she's supposed to be like the the perfect model student. I don't think she's perfect in this show, but I think this is some of the best characterization that she's ever gotten outside of comic books. To be honest with you, because I think about like Sophie Turner wasn't given much, and that sucks. That really sucks because it it could have been okay, but like she was awful because she had nothing in X Men Apocalypse. And they tried to give her a little bit in Dark Phoenix uh, before she actually went Dark Phoenix, and it wasn't enough. It, it it wasn't. And Famke Jansen just shared screen time with so many others who were introduced in the same fucking movies that, you know, mostly what she was was the protagonist's love interest and then a villain. So, yeah. So this, honestly, like, outside of the comic books... X-Men Evolution Gene may be the best. But, you know, it's not like I remember, like, every detail about the show. I know that there's still more in store for Gene, but uh, I guess we'll see what happens. So that'll do it for this episode of Mutant Musings Evolution. Thanks for joining us, and remember to leave us a comment on geekade.com. Leave us ratings and reviews on iTunes or anywhere else you find our podcast. Follow us on Instagram at mutant underscore musings underscore podcast and on Twitter at mutant musings. Join us for episode 7 in three weeks when we discuss Bada Bing, Bada Boom, Fun and Games, and the Beast of Bayville. And until then... Duncan, Dunking Scott was right. Gene!